0: Zero Hours, Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero Hours! Hello and welcome to Zero Hours podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians and other creators about the best and worst jobs that they've had to do to get by. Today I'm joined by comedian Kiri Pritchard-McLean. Hi mate, how are you doing? I'm alright, how
1: are you in this first day of official lockdown? (laughs) Um, Well alright, I've already moved around but before anyone gives me shit I literally got in my car took someone somewhere for health reasons and then came back but I'm I'm quite happy to kind of lock down in my house that's my like preferred method anyway and I'm really lucky because we've got some space here but um, I'm worried that it's going to make people go fucking insane it's already pretty bad out there on social media anyway but um, yeah I'm worried that it's going to really tip people over the edge <laughs>
0: Yeah, I could totally see that happening. But I just, I don't understand these people who are like, you know, oh, I'm so bored. And you're like, you're an adult and you have every entertainment medium at your disposal. What is wrong with you? Read a book.
1: Yeah, literally, like, you can find anything that you want on the internet and you're still managing to be bored. It just shows you, like, how useful work is for getting us out of the house.
0: And yeah. Like how absolutely. much we
1: need work for our own brains and self esteem, I think. I think that'll be the hardest thing is realising you need that job that you hate and the social interaction that it can give. Which yeah. I guess is why comedians are always on the edge of bonkers because it can be quite a lonely thing. Yeah. But I always find it like comedy, it is in many ways lonely. Like, you know, you're
0: spending hours on trains on your own. But also, it's kind of it's weird that you can be in a different country and then still have loads of people that you know
1: yeah that's true and also like my friends and I to combat the loneliness we have like an online green room like my little gang that started gigging at the same time and that is really nice because all it means you can like share the deaths and the great gigs and the guess who said this and guess who's not paying people for doing that like it's it's really nice and it's a really useful social thing
0: yeah it's nice to have a support network there even if they're not physically there yeah exactly so uh i mean i suppose we should get onto what the people haven't paid for uh
1: so what's your worst job you've ever had um so there's like two facets to this i guess like there's like the shittest job I ever had. In yep. fact, um, two seconds. Sorry, I'm just gonna say Rachel Fairburn, who I uh, also um, run another podcast with, um, uh, is said. I'm here and ready. Um, gonna be a while yet, mate. Sorry, I'll get this out of the way. In fact, the worst yes. job I've ever had is being in a podcast with Rachel Fairburn. That's not. Hey. Serious, right sorry about that um so uh, okay so in fact i know what it is i thought i didn't but i do know i used to when i left university it was a side job anyway but when i left university i went sort of full time um working in the trafford center in bench um you know the manchester brand um yeah so selling jeans basically and sort of coats which is fine like i'm not i don't think i'm above retail and i've done loads of retail but there was something about the perfect storm of the people i had to work with and by that i mainly mean the management apart from one guy who's amazing (laughs) and um the trafford center is just such an unholy place to work in many ways because for a start there's like because it's open so long normally when you get your you work you're like whatever, 9 till 6, 10 till 5, whatever it is. You know, they have to give you, like, an hour break. Yeah. And normally, because most shops are open till, like, 5 or 6, that's, like, a paid hour. But because the traffic Centre is open for so long, you go and have an unpaid hour for lunch. Like, it, it doesn't come out your working day. You still just then work an hour later into the evening. And at Christmas, it's open till, like, 11 o'clock at night. And it's all that thing of, like, just i i understand that like companies have targets but being treated like an animal like when someone's pointing at sheet and going you may need to make 94 pounds an hour in, in uh, like you have to sell that uh, to justify you being here and it's just like such a gross way to i guess mo- try and motivate people to be like this is how much you're worth to us like you're costing us this much it's just a horrible way to, yeah, do anything really. And um, a couple of them would come for a graduate management scheme and you could tell had all these, like, fun activities they'd learnt on, like, team building weekends Top Topshop but <laughs> actually were very bad people, like, like at dealing with people um, and could have made it. There was, like, one manager who really stood out as being amazing because he was just, like, really good at talking to people and made it sort of fun and... Like, by taking the pressure off, actually, your job, you end up working harder. That thing I never understand that, like, businesses think it's motivating to threaten people and make them feel like they could lose their job at any moment. Yeah. It is just such a strange thing, but so many people do it. Yeah, it's weird, though, isn't it? I, when I was at uni, there was a, a management
0: course, and you could tell exactly who had come straight from school, and who had like been in the real world and met people yeah. from the way that they spoke
1: to you. Uh, it's mad, isn't it? Like it, it is, and also that thing of like, there's this weird like sort of atmosphere. There's one girl I got into an argument with, so I, I just basically came out of uni, and it was my like job that I had. I worked all the way through university because i paid for it myself. And I, when I left uni, my ex, who I was with at the time, didn't get his tuition fees for ages. So I had to just go out and pay for everything for both of us um, so he could stay in uni. And it's just that, like, going in with that pressure when you've only just left uni and you're like, now, finally, I get to go out into the big old world. And then there's this weird thing of, like, some people I worked with hadn't... Um, got anything past gcse i remember they tried to um they wanted me to do a gmvq in retail which i'm not uh, i'm not adverse to getting qualifications and uh i remember being sat in like the break room while one of these girls was having her lunch and the guy from the gmvq thing because obviously they get money for training their staff up that's the only reason it's it's not at the goodness of their heart yeah. there must have been some government scheme was sat there and he was like okay so um, this is really good because it means you could get a qualification and I was like oh okay and he's like you know and it would be pretty really good and we'll have to we'll do this and this and there's some coursework and then um, and then he was like so what qualifications do you, do you have any GCSEs and then was like yeah I've got 11 GCSEs and how many A, do you have any A levels? I'm like yeah I've got three A levels and he's like anything beyond that? I was like yeah I've got a, I've got a degree um, and it just and then, then this girl was like if it was sat there, like staring at me while I'm eating my, like when she's eating her and she's being like, If you've got so many qualifications, why do you think you have to be here? And it's like, it was her own, I recognise now that's her own bullshit being taken out on me. Like she feels inadequate or whatever, or that she hasn't had opportunity. But just that thing of being like, cunted off in front of a stranger yeah. and then like feeling embarrassed and like, you know, all this stuff. And, and then, then, don't worry. Later on, I got into a massive argument with her on the shop floor and made her cry. Because when I was nineteen, that was I thought the best way to deal with things. Absolutely, the, that's how you an adult deals with stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and nothing has changed actually in how I would approach approach dealing with things. But yeah, I <laughs> and there was just <laughs> there's so much of that job that I hated, and also I learnt a lesson. Like my dad has always pretty much been self-employed like he's been like a lorry driver and a mechanic and you know like he does odd jobs and he was like i remember i would always like if anyone called in sick i would always come in and you know like i would also happily cover shifts and stuff because also i was workloads because money to me means access so if you make money you're allowed to do more things yeah. and i remember um it was something where i was working the festivals in the summer as well so i was working glastonbury so i'd go and work there and you get your ticket back and uh I'd filled out like the the request for time off wrong. So I said I was coming back on the Saturday when I should have said I was coming back on the Sunday or something like that. So they put me off for the Sunday and I was like, "Oh, I can't. I can't do that because I'm at Glastonbury that I've been talking about for the last 6 weeks." And they were like, "Well, the company doesn't work around you. You work around the company." That's some like weird line in the sand lesson for me to learn. And I was like, "Oh, okay okay but i mean can i swap and they were like no it's not about swapping because we actually designed the, the rotors really carefully so you're gonna have to come in so like leaving glastonbury early to go back and when i got to that shift it was absolutely dead there was no one in and they were you know when they like give you pretend tasks to do so yeah like, okay well we can clean the shop and i was just fu- the whole time i was fucking fuming i was like okay some weird flex you have dragged me in here to prove that what i'm loyal to the company that like i don't really give a shit about but i do my hours when i'm here and i sell my 94 pounds and i was so angry i remember talking to my dad about it my dad is like never ever ever do anyone favors with if you're working for them because they will never do it back he was like treat treat them with the contempt that they treat you and i was always like shut up dad and after that moment i was like fuck them like (laughs) <laughs> fuck them they would always fuck you over so like do not worry about fucking them over especially when it comes to employers like that's a lesson I've learned and time and time again is that they're not actually loyal to you even when they think that you when you think that they are
0: oh my god absolutely like
1: similarly like when I
0: was I, I got a Saturday job and I was like it was in only in a cafe but like I do I'd bend the rules to like help people out and the amount of times that they drop me in the shit like didn't even think about it it's unbelievable yes. i just think yeah. like you can't trust people you can't trust people to not go out and spread this virus and kill <laughs> people like you can't <laughs> trust someone to not tell on you because you gave them a lasagna past the time that you were supposed yeah. to serve it or
1: whatever like people are shits aren't they? they really are and it's that thing of like that's another appeal of being a comedian is like i'm my own boss and yeah. If I also, it's that thing of like, my dad was always like, never work this hard to make anyone else rich.
0: So Absolutely, I was like,
1: yeah. I never really got it, and then I was like, oh yeah, why am I busting my ass off? I still get the same hourly rate as people who phone it in. So uh, yeah, he's um, he's really got a problem with authority and is very cynical, and um, thankfully I've taken all of those burdens with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as well, I think the Trafford Centre. It doesn't have windows, does it? No, it's got. It's it's um. You can't really tell how time passes in there because it's got the odd like sort of dome. It's absolutely mad. The way it's designed is like it's um someone with no taste. At what they think money looks like, um. <laughs> so everything's sort of like pink marble and gold dolphins. <laughs> and uh yeah there's no natural light so yeah and then like the food court is a fake starry night with sort of a fake shit bow there's quite a lot depressing about it so I'd go and have like my KFC on my lunch break or whatever so you're eating shit food for a start unless you bring your own sandwiches which I find incredibly bleak um yeah. so you're going to sit and eat that unpaid hours worth of lunch and then you have to occasionally watch some like Fashion show that's allegedly there to raise money for something, as people sort of stride up and down in clothes from Oasis. Yeah, it was just such a weird place to be. Um, yeah, odd place. Yeah, it's a like borderline palatial, isn't it? Yeah. Like... It...
0: Yeah, and it's. I remember... some... I telling my sister uh, when she was, like, a kid and we were driving past it, I was like, that's Trafford Palace. The Queen goes there sometimes. She's
1: like, wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> it looks amazing from the outside and, you yeah. know, like... Uh, but also it's just the thing of, like, it's concrete. Everywhere's concrete. So just being stood, because you can't sit down, like, being stood up for that stretch of time. Like, that's when I first got the hereditary anyway, but, like, I first got, like, varicose veins. Um, right really badly because I'm just stood on concrete like with no rest all day just being stood up being like hi welcome to bench Uh, you know or like on the door greeting people or let me know if you need another size how's it looking like all that kind of like horse shit it's yeah and and just hating the job so much that I'd go and like and I've never needed the toilet so much in my life now, I'd be like, I reckon I can get away going to the toilet once an hour. So you go to the toilet and I would just sit there, not needing the toilet, with my head in my hands, being like, there's got to be something else other than this. <laughs> oh, God, that's so bleak. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't like, it's not like I- I'm aware I wasn't down a mine or anything. I've definitely had much more demanding, f- physically demanding jobs. I could grip on a farm for fuck's sake. Like, I don't mind hard work, but it's like, it was everything about that place that really is, m- doesn't suit me at all as a human.
0: I suppose at least on a farm you can see the immediate results for you and your family, yeah. And the work means something, yeah. It?
1: And totally. And also, like, if you work extra hard, it just means like your mum or dad has it slightly easier. Whereas, like, if you work extra hard, someone who's fucking horrible to you is going to fuck you over at another point. Like, there's no, there was no like camaraderie in um, in bench at all. How long were you there for? Hello. Well, I started off in the Liverpool One shop, and then I moved to um, the Trafford Centre. I must have been there at least eighteen months. I think. Oh, yeah, a while then. Yeah, and and like before that, that's one of my shortest jobs. I've always had jobs for like a long time. Yeah. Um. Or, or, but I've had a lot of jobs at the same time because I I don't think I've ever had less than two jobs at any time. So, yeah, because uh, at the Trafford Centre I was also working as a mad scientist teaching kids, like, fun science lessons. Oh, so God. I'd go and do that in the morning and then I would, um, yeah, I'd go and do whatever shifts Bench had given me. Yeah. So did that, teaching the kids sort
0: of, did, did you enjoy that? And was that like a, uh, did it make it better that you sort of had that as well as the shit one? Or... Um
1: yeah, it, it was definitely better than bench, but it's just that thing of um, the kind of children who can afford to do it aren't necessarily the nicest children. <laughs> yeah. So the after school clubs means it's it's, it's self selecting. So um, I mean, some cases it means it's lots of like quite sweet, conscientious kids um, whose parents have saved up loads, but sometimes it's just rich little shits who want to do the fun science class. And I heard we were going to make slime, and you are just doing like because it's there is no. Um, there was no like upper limit on classes either, so you'd have like thirty-five kids, and it's, you like I I taught for ages since I was like fifteen years old. I've been teaching kids, but yeah, there was a couple. There was one in Bolton that I was like, you're all the worst people. You're going to be <laughs> awful, and then there was some in like yeah other parts like to, out towards Stockport way, where the kids are really sweet and like obviously just the kids of hippies who just wanted to know more about stuff actually I I think um it just really depends and I but I I start to hate kids and then if I hate kids I'm not good at my job of being a teacher like I have to be having fun with it to be good at engaging children um just like being a comedian like if I think the audience are assholes I'm not a very good comedian like especially compare because I'm like I struggle to have an interest in these people and it makes me worse at my job but um yeah, I, I, the assemblies were fun because you just go in and do like all the most impressive stuff and blow stuff up and, you know, get them to come up and hold this thing. They they were fun. The kids' parties tended to be, again, <laughs> very rich children and you're just being, like, brayed at by very spoilt kids who are like, my mummy says that I'm going to get to do this. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, we'll see, see if everyone's got time for that. Like, yeah, it, there was... um. It was, that wasn't ideal either. It was not a highlight of my life then, Catherine. It was not not a peak period. (laughs) No. (laughs) I've
0: done my time in the kids' parties, and it is. It's just the worst. I think, (laughs) like, there was a kid once, it, like, We'd, we had a spider-man parties that we used to do and like spider-man was on holiday and we made an accidental booking for a spider-man party so like we just had to get a kid to come in who was like <laughs> a brother of someone and <laughs> honestly these adults were like beating this child up because he was in a spider-man costume what like, yeah they were like trying to get the kids like yeah let's throw the balls from the ball pool at him and you're like you can see how big this person is that is not the physique of an adult man
1: leave him alone were they hammered were they drunk i don't think so uh oh they're just arseholes then yeah just complete (laughs) awful (laughs) awful people this feels Uh, like the kind of podcast that um people get sued on is that a thing that happens not yet (laughs) (laughs) i'd love to be the first (laughs) I uh, Honestly, I don't think enough people
0: listen to it uh, yet that this is a problem, okay. uh, but the dream is uh, that everyone who's been on here uh, gets
1: sued by someone. So. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be a nice yeah. end of the year. You yeah, can't sue another. what I don't have, guys. I've lost <laughs> it all in coronavirus.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you said there were uh, you had two bad jobs,
1: did you? Oh, yeah but i think um well there's like there's loads of i've had loads of shit jobs (laughs) and there's the the hardest one i've had like physically is um well thought it was working at the festivals where you have to stay up through the night so you're on a night shift is like i'm no good with that kind of sleep deprivation being on shift like 12 till 6 and it gets so cold and like I'd just rather die than do anything like that. I don't have it in me. Shift work is brutal, and yeah. I take my hat off to anyone who does it. <gasps> Excuse me. Ooh. Um. I've got up very early today. So <laughs> I feel like I'm living my own shift work hell. Um. I had a job in a place I loved, and I later on loved my job there. But I used to work as um, a washer-upper. That was my first proper paid job. Um. In a in a restaurant nearby. Um when i was 14 and i was on three pound fifty an hour um and i used to yeah and it, we got paid in cash and it was like <laughs> the most money anyone had ever given me to do anything and it was great um because i would take that money and i would pay for myself to go to drama classes with it that was like my, my money i'd save up and i'd pay for like the turn to go um so but i just remember it being that's where i taught myself that like this can't last forever. <laughs> yeah. it was so exhausting and so, because when everyone else is finished then the restaurants, the dirty place are still coming through, like the kitchen yeah. then, closes and you have to clean all the shit from the kitchen, which is even worse. Um, and it was so like, the health and safety, you basically have to like wash up, sometimes the drains would back up and like human shit would be bobbing around your ankles. Oh my and gosh. And then you, there was this horrible like, because it was a converted cottage, you'd go down this corridor to get to the kitchen and the corridor would be packed up with like, boxes of like chips and all sorts and there's chest freezers to the side so you had to like you barely had enough room to wobble your way down it with a stack of really heavy plates um but yeah i loved i loved it when i got older i was there for years and years and years and then uh, uh the restaurant owner um i'd worked for nearly 10 years there and it was how i used to pay for myself to go to university and um, that laid me off by voicemail um, and that is what? another time that I learned the lesson of, like... And I had, like, I had done a- every drop shift I would pick up every... I was doing, like, 70-hour weeks and stuff. They were like, oh, we've got someone from the college now. They got a grant for someone to come and do it in the college, the job I was doing. Yeah. So they were like, oh, fuck paying her. We pay this person less. So they just fucked me off by voicemail. Wow. And I have never forgotten that. And I saw them in a petrol station the other day. And I um, I know that they know that, like, <laughs> I'm a comedian now. And I've been on television, so I was like desperately hoping she would notice me and come up, and I can be like, "You fucking bastard!" <laughs> and just like uh, uh, that, was, I was sort of like mentally playing out how I would get my revenge in the middle of a of a te- Texaco. But it didn't happen; she didn't see me, which is brutal. Uh. Uh, but I'll get—I'll one day I'll get my rewards. And yeah, I, so that was like physically hard, but that's where I taught myself that like this this cannot last forever. Like this is horrible and hard, and you're exhausted, and it everyone else is laughing in the bar because they're tidying up and finishing and you know you've still got another hour and a half and you're going to stink and your hands are gone all thing and sometimes your skin would come off because someone would put the wrong cleaner and mm-hmm. and but it has to end it can't last forever and that's how i get through stuff that i've like oh i haven't got this in me but i'm like yeah but there's another side to this like well, you will always get through it so that was a accidentally a very, really valuable lesson um, and then I also worked as a producer of comedy and sort of an agent. Um, oh, that was my, one of my last jobs before I went full-time as a comedian. And the thing I hated about that is it's so hard to... Um, it's so hard to work doing the job for... Like, to facilitate other people doing the job that you just really want. So yeah. to be like filling diaries and like rightly so they'd be like i'm not going all that way for 80 quid and like that they were absolutely right to say that you know that was that was an underpaid gig but i would be like i would kill for someone to pay me 80 quid to go and do that gig like i and it's just that thing of being like you want to go i'll do it i promise you i'm good i'm not shit but you just have to be like oh you know they can't make it work on this occasion but like we'll keep chatting and yeah just having to be that person turning down work that you'd absolutely kill for was so hard yeah I can imagine especially like mentally going god if I if all those gigs that have been knocked back that I think I could do a good job of like obviously I'm not closing anywhere for 200 quid but all these little if I picked all those up, I wouldn't need to do this job like I could just be a full-time comic
0: yeah yeah (laughs)
1: just use it to facilitate your own career <laughs> yeah exactly
0: but I was um I was quite good at not doing that is yeah. there a noise in the background uh I think it might be my laptop whinging. oh I'll move move a bit further away from it
1: <laughs> is the um is it the fan going off has it got too hot
0: yeah probably I've been using it an awful lot lately <laughs> uh, <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> Uh, given the point that I lost all three of my jobs <laughs> at Shit, one moment Shit man,
1: so yeah. stressful
0: I should say that some of them have been very good uh, I know that people listen uh, <laughs> from there on here
1: <laughs> Well recovered <laughs> Yeah,
0: no they genuinely, I wouldn't, uh, I would laugh it off if, if they'd have been shits but they've uh, genuinely <laughs> very, very nice to us at this time Right uh, There we go oh shit you know how I, I told you i was supposed to be going to singapore oh yeah <laughs> i uh i received an email singapore via poland uh i got an email off them uh the other day and i was like oh good this is them cancelling and uh i could get my refund uh they sent me an email asking me uh if i'd like to upgrade to business class <laughs> <laughs> and you said yes please <laughs> yeah absolutely sure i don't see the problem <laughs> uh, yes uh anyway so how long uh were you at the agency
1: for? i did uh probably again about 18 months i remember one of the things that got really hard with it actually is I, I i got to the point where i just couldn't maintain the amount of gigging and doing the job i did i did quite like the job um because I love the industry, I love every part of it, but I, so I handed my notice in, and I said, listen, there's a, a year to find a replacement. Yeah. Uh, is that is that fair? And it was like, yeah, great. And then just as I was about to leave, a member of staff left, and then something else happened, and I remember them saying, and they really didn't, you know, to give them credit, they really didn't want to ask me to stay on, because they had to go out to, um, Australia and do the festivals out there. So there was going to be, like, no one... There was It was just some... Like, a girl who's brilliant and very capable, but brand new. Which isn't really fair to go, run this business. So they were, yeah. they were, like, can you stay six weeks longer? And I was already, like, just so exhausted. And I was, like, yes. But, like, every part of me was, like, no. Like, you're fucked as it is. And, like, so tired and so exhausted. And, like, yeah, just oh and you know we'd been mentally that that was like what was really hard because just like washing up you're like this can't last forever and I know I know I'll be home by two like I know I'll be home by two like that's the latest I've ever got home so then just being like with a year like okay I'm gonna give him a year and then after a year like I'm done like that's all I've got left in me and then being like six weeks it might as well have been six months I just Yeah. yeah it was so oh my gosh that was a really that was a really hard stint there but I survived it. What an inspirational person I am. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, actually, on that, what is the most ludicrous journey that you've done for comedy?
1: Oh, there was a week when I first started where I... Uh, for a start, I was driving a car that was 27 years old. I had a um, a Citroën 2CV, which are, like, these little French Beetles. Yeah. So, I had one of those, and they're, like, mad cars that are not meant for long journeys. And in one week, I drove to Newcastle three times, each for five minutes of stage time. Yeah. And that was in the first, like, I'd say first sort of, like, six months. So I, I've done some silly old journeys in terms of a week. But, like, we do it all the time where you're, like, go to Brighton, drive from Manchester to Brighton, and then, you know, because you can't get a train to get back in time, and then you go, like, uh, you're in Glasgow the next day, like that's not, and like touring has got a bit better, but there's been some mad tour dates where it's been like Bristol one night and then you're in Carlisle the other, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna spend a day on a motorway, yell at some strangers, and then go home <laughs> on my own. Such a weird thing, it just does strange things to your head, definitely.
0: Yeah, and uh, the, the furthest one we did was London uh, to Ulverston in the Lake District wow and i was so tired i was so the driver he kept taking naps and rightly so uh, and he was like you can stay in the car if you want and i was like we have only just met i don't really think it's appropriate that i watch <laughs> you sleep <laughs> so i go and sit in the service station and i was hallucinating that rats were running at me
1: oh um, god in the service station <laughs> i've had that so often where you're, like, driving and I, you hallucinate people jumping into the road. Oh, God, or like, that's scary. Yeah, I, I'm really bad for not pulling over, although I've got better in the last year because I'm so sure that I'm going to die behind the wheel. I try not drive at all, and then I stupidly have, on this tour, written in a prop that needs driving round. So I have a massive, well, you've seen that, a massive light. So, like, well, now I have to drive to every fucking day because I can't exactly take this on the train. Um,
0: It is beautiful, though. So, it's
1: fit yeah and we let things off the, we let things off the hook if they behave badly but are attractive so yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> So
0: I suppose uh what is the the other side of the question what's the best job that you've ever
1: done? I think I might know the answer to some. but was well, is it am I allowed to say it's the job I have now? Yeah. Yeah, That's I what love I my job. <laughs> yeah. Although there like there's part of me that longs for I loved it when I first started working at the Frog and Bucket. Yeah. Like, that was a big thing. So, I basically sacked off that job in January 2010. I handed my notice in at the um, at bench, and I was like, I'm just going to, I just have to find something where I could, I'm going to be a comedian. I'm just going to do it, and I have to find something that doesn't leave me so knackered that I can't do it. Like, you know, you've got nothing left in the tank, and that leaves me time to gig. So, um,. I handed it in, I was like, I'll be fine. And it was just mad sciencing for, like, three months. And then yeah, I was like, oh, shit, I've got no fucking money. Things are really, really bad. Um, and then I saw this job advertised um, at the Frog on Bucket. For, basically, like, it was, a, it was a lot less money than I was on in bench. I'd say it's about three or four grand less a year. Yeah. But I was like, it's fine, I'll be working in comedy, and it's an office job. And I went and I got the job. Um, found out the other person who was going for it was... Um, comedian will duggan but his car broke down on the way to the interview so i got it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in your face will um and then uh went there for a couple of years absolutely loved that learning about comedy being able to see comedy for free several nights a week i still worked in a pub at the same time because the wage wasn't enough to kind of live on and and that was a fun time like gigging and working at the frog and seeing stuff and going and watching beat the frog all the time like was really really great and that's why i met all my like dear dear friends who i'm now in a whatsapp group with it's all come full circle um and i guess that was the start of me being a comedian even though i was a baby open spot and i've only just started calling myself a comedian despite having made a living from it for years and years (laughs) it's some like weird um insecurity where you don't feel like you can own the word comedian um yeah i i of course my job now like i every single day of my job when i'm allowed to do it and when i've the the not in lockdown is fucking brilliant like even the parts of my job i don't like um i don't even know what they are really yeah um yeah i guess traveling but like i get to go to places that you would never normally go to do you know what i mean like yeah I've seen most parts of the UK, and I get paid to do that. It's a lovely thing, and at the end, I get to do a gig or you know a tour show or something. So, my job is amazing. I love I love writing. I love you know like, yeah. I just love I love. I'm in a sketch group. I love writing for them. I love travelling around. I love touring. There's just not a part of it that isn't my absolute dream to do, and um, which is why I find it impossible to take time off because that means i'm saying no to something i want to do yeah Uh, which is why it's really easy to be a workaholic in comedy i think um it's a very common trait
0: oh absolutely yeah because yeah i suppose the the opportunities come along so infrequently and sometimes promoters can be like if you don't say yes to this one time then you're done forever until i forget about this incident
1: yeah yeah. Yeah, three years and then i'll invite you back yeah and also like you know if you're it's like it's like a comedy when you start and then like if you start to do well um whatever that is to you whether that's being a full-time comic or whether it's doing television or whether it's not until you do arenas whatever it is more and more stuff gets put on the buffet. And so it's nearly impossible to be like, no, I won't have that. Cause you're like, oh my God, I love scotch eggs. Like, oh, I love yeah. chicken legs. Like, you know, like you get, so you just want to put more and more in your plate. And also cause um, we're not very structured. Like we don't get up a, and we're in the office for 10. Some people are like that, fair play to them. It's easy to keep working past when you should work. And also social media is a part of our job, which most people find a problem managing. And then imagine if it's your job, so you kind of have to be on it like yeah it's almost impossible to you know switch off and and not live your job, but it's really important to switch off. I've found I get if i don't have i I've tried to now my boyfriend's got kind of strict on it um so I have to have two consecutive days off a month um because I was going for like eight weeks with not as i I count it as a day off. If I um, only had a gig that night, and he's like, no, that's most people <laughs> count that as that's then going to work. But I'm like, but I've only got one gig, and he's like, that's not a day off. So now I have to have two days where I'm not working, um, and they have to be in a row, and it has to be at least a, one, one a month. And so, and I've got better at taking time off, and it's yeah. probably making me a better comedian because I've got things to talk about.
0: Yeah, but that's still so little, isn't it? That's like one weekend a month. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's I mean I'm hoping I'll get there and I'll I'll take more off eventually, but it's that thing of um there's that I, I'll be then turning down stuff that I want to do. And yeah. um yeah, the it's the thing is I don't want to turn anything down. I have to want to go on holiday. I write in my diary like if I'm going like abroad or something, I'll be like holiday, please don't tell me if I get any job offers because yeah. if I, even if I was on like my honeymoon like don't tell me that the Royal Variety or whatever uh, wants me because I it would I'll come home like I'll just come home so yeah uh, I yeah I can't I have such big FOMO when it comes to work <laughs> yeah but it's so easy it's so easy mm. to do isn't it
0: yeah so I used to uh, count because like my work is pretty much like even my day job is nights I would be like oh yeah I've got the day off but then I'd be working a shift at night on the evening so i always it took a while but i ended up viewing like because i'd feel really guilty about being at home in my pajamas all day but that's your evening isn't it yeah 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 exactly it'd be like calling someone lazy because when they came home from their office they just sat and watched television yeah 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 yeah. it is
1: that weird we put and because i write on stuff as well Mm. most days like no most normal day for me is i'll write on like I'll write on the show or I'll write, you know, something scripted or, you know, I'll be writing, not my own stand-up because I have to just do that on stage. Um, uh, or like if I'm getting a tour ready, I'll be working on the tour um, and then I'll go out and then I'll gig. So I just do two jobs. So that's why, to me, if I was only gigging, I'm like, well, I'm on holiday, I'm only doing 20 minutes work. But it's like, yeah, but you're getting it's two hours to get there and it's two hours to get back and you've got to be there at least half an hour before and, you, you know, you can't fuck off immediately, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, plus, you know, however long you're doing when you get there. So, yeah, allowing yourself to have time off is um, is an important one that I'm only just learning now.
0: Yeah, and
1: also people say that, like, oh, it's only,
0: only 20 minutes of work, but then also how long, how many gigs do you have to do to write that material? yeah for free and then sit and write it and travel and stuff it's not
1: the (laughs) the hourly rate is fucking awful yeah definitely definitely um yeah until you get into i guess like telly money which then seems like ridiculous but you're right you just consider it back payment of all the like fucking petrol contributions you made car sharing when you started (laughs) to dive off (laughs) Um, I hate it when people charge the open spot on a bill, petrol money. It's one of my absolute fucking, uh, like, bugbears. So when everyone else is getting paid, there's one, like, new comic not, and they still make the new comic chipping for petrol. I think that is a sign of a psychopath. Yeah. (laughs) So bad. I think the
0: kindest person was Ash Frith, and we're... All of the last trains back into London had gone, and he was emceeing, and he was giving me a lift back to the train station because it was like quite away from the nearest train station, and he gave me a lift back into London, and he wouldn't take any money. Oh, that was just the sweetest thing because he could have, and some people would have just fucked off yeah. and left me at that, like train station in Essex. <laughs> uh,
1: I think um, you you remember. The people who've oh been God. good to you, don't you just yeah? And like it's all logged up there in my little grudge list of yeah. people who've, <laughs> who've been like assholes to like anyone who's an asshole to a comic on the way up because they think they can't do anything for them. That's a um, it's a really interesting trait in people.
0: Yeah, and I suppose it's like after this, is that uh, everyone will remember the Richard Bransons and the Mr. <laughs> yeah. Weatherspoons and yeah, Mr. Sports
1: Direct well that's what i hope yeah that's what i hope um people because sh- sometimes the only way you can like vote is with your wallet so i hope that's what happens get more scared yes please oh
0: my god yeah absolutely but they're not well i was going to say not to a point that it not affect their employees they've got rid of them all haven't they yeah they have they've to, got to go got them all
1: off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'd be oh that'd be amazing wouldn't it if none of them had any staff
1: yeah. Oh, lovely
0: Oh, I'd love to see Mr. Weatherstone's having a pull pints himself.
1: <laughs> that <laughs> mad guy with the blue hairnet on—that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh dear. Uh, well, uh, I don't. know, I suppose that's that's pretty much uh, everything there, is it? Have you got have you got anything that you would like to
1: plug? Um, I'll be on tour, but I don't know when. <laughs> I <laughs> imagine the it's the autumn. Uh, if you want to see myself and Catherine, Catherine is doing loads of um tour support for me as well, so you can come and see us if that's uh if that's up your alley. Um but who knows when it will actually happen. <laughs> yeah, well
0: oh, it's mad, is it? Any oh, uh self isolation um what's it?
1: Tips. Oh. Um well, I've got a five hundred piece jigsaw next to me, which is <laughs> Oh my god. Which is, yeah, it's it's doing all right. I did about half of it yesterday, and now it's the difficult bit. So I've just sort of left it on the table for two days, yeah. and I've also built a poly polytunnel. So I think I'm going fully insane. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: But uh, at least I'm sort of outside doing it and being practical. Yeah.
0: So the weather's been lovely for it.
1: It's been really nice for it. Yeah. It's been really nice, uh, and I'm lucky where we are. We can go for a walk, and it's not an issue. But. I think just do you know what's really helped me is podcasts like genuinely I know it sounds cheesy being on this but it's such an important way of um of having some kind of human contact and feeling like you're engaging in culture yeah yeah podcasts
0: yeah the house party app I found that's very good oh really yeah because you can have like up to eight people uh and you can have a chat together oh to that's doing nice. that a bit which is nice oh that's fun because uh, sometimes people that like you wouldn't necessarily connect with but you know like in a social group you're like oh you're here as well
1: great oh who invited you (laughs) (laughs) oh oh, no (laughs) i'd try that one i think i'm gonna we're gonna do at the end of the week um me and rachel fairburn Stephen bailey and maybe a few others are gonna do a um online gig to raise money for a, a food bank so we'll see how that goes
0: that's a good idea
1: yeah, it means I'm gonna have to like brush my hair for the first time in about two weeks. Oh no! <laughs> I know. Well, it's, I go completely feral when people. I know people aren't gonna see me. Like, yeah. it's it's everything I could do to brush my teeth. <laughs> in
0: fairness, I haven't worn makeup in over a week, and I couldn't be happier
1: yeah well i don't wear makeup anyway unless i'm on stage but normally i'm on stage every night so like i I think i'll have forgotten how to put false eyelashes on by the time this Mm -hmm. (laughs) by the time this my makeup's gonna be really bad like you know when all women's eyesight goes and you see them in the supermarket and they just look they don't they don't look well yeah (laughs) i think my makeup (laughs) is gonna regress so badly that i look like a an an elderly woman with bad eyesight but you know it's a look isn't it it is yeah um you
0: know everyone's in the same boat so
1: yeah definitely
0: (laughs) Fine. well uh thank you uh, for coming on and hopefully this doesn't last forever <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and um, that's all we can hope and um, thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: it's all right goodbye
1: bye